Welcome to the WWE Podcast Week in Review on this Super Bowl Sunday, February 13th, 2022. Hope all of you are doing well, and we're going to get into the Week in Review, including covering a SmackDown that provided one of the best matches that I've seen in the last year, maybe more. It was that good in Naomi versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship in the main event. We're going to cover that. We've got a lot of good to cover tonight, guys. A lot of good to balance out some of that negativity. So we're going to get everything going right after this. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases, so you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly, and 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boosts health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitalyboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. Welcome everybody to the WWE Podcast. It is your weekend review for this Sunday, February 13th, 2022. And as you listen to this, you probably know the outcome of the Super Bowl. It is still going on as we speak and injuries abound and a tight score and uh, a politically motivated uh, halftime show and commercials that make me want to vomit. But hey, all of that and much more will be included here on the WWE podcast, minus the politics and hopefully a content that makes you want to throw up. But hey, this is your show to cover all things wrestling that happened in this week, this week in WWE with Raw and SmackDown. And we've got some great things coming um, on this show. And we've also got a great new uh, guest host coming on Tuesday night for the Monday Night Raw review. Grace will be joining us. You don't know much about Grace, but you will on Tuesday night as she'll be joining me for the uh, Monday Night Raw review. She's also our latest patron. So welcome, Grace, to the family of patrons and welcome to uh, Ad Free Experience. Welcome to that. And, And that's one of the biggest complaints one of the uh, biggest complaints about this show is the ads, and uh, rightfully so. I understand. But when you get free content, 
It's just that it's free. So that's kind of the the penalty that's paid for free content is got to pay. I got to pay for this, uh, all this equipment I've bought somehow. I mean, I just got a new MacBook. I've got a monitor, all these things, right? I mean, it's, uh, it, it's all things that uh, really literally do keep the lights on. So one thing I want to do, do put out there before we get going, and I'm not going to plug my dollar ad-free experiences that you guys can get on Patreon and Apple. I'm not going to do that, even though I just did. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to invite anybody that is listening. If you want to come on and debate me about wrestling, you are free to do so. The reason I put that out there is that there have been a few reviews out there floating around that say that he, they, this person or that person would love to come on and be able to debate me about wrestling, right? Well, the floor is open. You get to the front of the line. Congratulations. Anybody that wants to come on and feel that they need to knock me down a peg or two, so to speak, and wants to talk wrestling, and I, I don't have the ability to just sit here and preach and, uh, and, and voice my opinion without somebody being able to, uh, to, to counter-argue my points, you get first place. I, because here's the thing. When people review our show, I can't respond directly. Because it doesn't allow me. It just I just have to sit there and and read this some of the stuff. So I mean it's good and bad. It's fine. I'm I'm not complaining about getting complaints. Like we get a lot of positive reviews. My point is I think it would be a great idea to bring on somebody that's counter to my points, not just somebody that agrees with me all the time. And we have some of those co-hosts on the show, uh, which you know do we provide some nice back and forth. But somebody that maybe really dislikes me. I mean I really want somebody to come out here. So the the floor is yours. So instead of complaining behind a keyboard or your phone, why don't you come on the show? So I'll, I invite you. In fact, put in the subject of the show, uh, put in the subject of the show, debate podcast or debate wrestling. Let's take your pick. That way I know. So I just want to put that out there for those that want to come on. And I think it'd be fun for the listeners too. You know, for somebody to come on and as long as the, 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 the content is PG and we're respectful to one another, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Instead of just having the same ideas that are kind of a group thing project, so to speak. So anyway, wanted to put that out there, but let's talk about wrestling. Um, I want to uh, I want to dive into something that made me feel really good about wrestling this week. And that's Naomi and Charlotte. They, I, I got to say, was that they didn't go into that match with, for me anyway, with really high expectations. I went into that match thinking, OK, two veterans. Charlotte is clearly the uh, superior performer here. She's had a much more storied career, much more in-ring experience, at least especially and especially on camera. Maybe Naomi's doing work behind the scenes, maybe at the performance center or uh, wherever, and you know, so she's putting her reps in. But you know, you'd figure that Charlotte carries the match, even though Naomi is is good and she can hold her own, right? That's kind of the expectation going in. You're thinking, okay, you know, eight to ten minutes and uh, Charlotte wins with the tap out. That's what you'd think. And that's what I thought. Instead, we get an absolute classic. One that I think could propel Naomi's career higher than WWE expected to have it be at this point in WrestleMania season. Now, that doesn't mean that she's going to be put into the championship match at Smack on Smack for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania against Charlotte and, and uh, Ronda Rousey. Is there an argument to be made for that? Yeah, but I want to tamper my expectations here. I think there's an argument to be made for her post-WrestleMania to uh, maybe carry that women's championship and for a long period of time. Naomi showed something here that she has not shown in her entire career, and that is she can have great matches. Now, it's with Charlotte Flair. She's one of the greatest of all time, regardless of what you think about her on a personal level, her problems with Becky, all that aside, professional only, professional stance only, there's really no denying her success. And love it or hate it, it's always Charlotte with the belt. Honestly, she deserves it. I mean, she, <laughs> you may disagree with me on that, and that's fine. Hence why some people would love to come on here and debate me. Debate would be fun. But here's the thing. When you have a performer that has been kind of locked in a certain mode, you know what you're going to get. Uh, you know that they've they're always just going to they're going to have good matches. Some you know, a lot of times okay matches to good matches to okay matches to good matches. They kind of live in the you know the the um, kind of the, the treading water phase. Like they're good, 
but they're never really, really, really great. And you've never seen a great match from them. Well, Naomi busted that on SmackDown. She showed that, yes, it's Charlotte with an elite performer, but she held her own and then some. She, I'm like looking at this match thinking, where the hell has this Naomi been? Where, where, has, the, where has she been? Maybe it's Charlotte bringing it out of her. Maybe it's Naomi realizing that she has not had a main event match on SmackDown in years. Maybe it's her realizing that this is my one chance. And if I don't shine and, and completely tear the house down, I'm probably going to go back to obscurity even after I beat Sonya Deville, likely at WrestleMania. You know, so there's a lot of motivation on Naomi's end to really kill it in this match. And she did. And to Charlotte's credit, as selfish as some people may view her as, Charlotte also held up her end of the bargain in this matchup. The the, the chemistry, there was there were very few, if any, botches. Uh, the, the false finishes were absolutely believable. The, that rear view, uh, that rear view segment, when she hit it on Charlotte, was extremely believable. She went for the pin very quickly. The emotion on um, their faces, on both Charlotte and Naomi's faces, were point on uh, on point, on fleek, as the kids would say. Everything about this match, to me, from a psychological standpoint, is a clinic in storytelling. The men could take points from this match. The men could learn. Anybody in the world of professional wrestling could watch this match and could learn from it. Now, not, not every match has to be structured like this. Not every match has to go, you know, be, uh, be exactly like this, a carbon copy. No, but the psychological outline, the blueprint of this match was really well done. I mean, it, it would have, it could have easily main evented a pay-per-view. I mean, it, it, I think is a match of the year candidate, if not the right now, the front runner. And I know it's fresh in our minds. So we kind of look at it through a skewed, skewed lens that, the most fresh memory is usually the most intense. So you, you feel like even though it may not truly be the best that since it's the freshest that it, you know, at the moment feels like it is the best, but so I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, dilute that a little bit, but right now somebody name a better match that has happened in, at least in 2022 or really over the last year. I mean, there are some Roman Reigns matches that have been really good, really good. I mean, you look at last year's WrestleMania, if we're going to go all the way back that far to the triple threat with Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns and Edge, very good. You look at Sonya, um, Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania last year, maybe that's the last time I saw that good of a match was then. So it has been a full year since we've gotten a matchup of this quality. It would have, I think, passed WrestleMania standards. If this match was at WrestleMania, even at the main event for the women of WrestleMania, I would have said, you know what, that was a really good main event. Now, the, the standards are higher at WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania and almost unfairly at a high level for some of the uh, wrestlers. Everybody expects five-star matches and big returns for everything. And every you know, should, The Rock should be there. Stone Cold should be there. You know, uh, the Big Angle should start. The match, all of everything should be five-star, which, again, is very unfair. But WrestleMania is and should be held to a higher standard. That said, this match, to me, should and could have held the women's main event. That's how highly I thought of this match. And maybe it's also because we haven't seen a women's match that good in quite a while. Because we've been, unfortunately, kind of conditioned back to women's matches get only a few minutes. Remember the King of the Ring tournament, the Queen's Crown tournament? The matches were like two minutes long. It was absolutely pathetic and embarrassing and disrespectful to the women. So to me, I think that you have a potential main eventer moving forward in Naomi. It'll really be a shame if WWE doesn't do anything to capitalize on this. I think it'd be a big missed opportunity because I think this is going to propel Naomi to a level that maybe, maybe I'm not predicting this. I'm not uh, of the belief that this is going to happen, but I'm saying it could happen if the people, meaning the fans really cling on to this performance in the coming weeks. And they start really going crazy for Naomi. They start chanting. I don't, I don't know. They, they, just, they just start chanting her name like crazy. They, they, they give her really big pops. Um, they start like, you know, WrestleMania chants or something like that. And they also get things trending on Twitter. <clears throat> there is a chance. Albeit still small. 
that she somehow gets her way into the women's championship match at WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to happen because Ronda Rousey is a force unto herself. WWE puts her in another at another level. And we'll get to her interference or really saving uh, Naomi in, in a minute. And also Naomi finally snapping on, on uh, Sonya Deville, which thank the high heavens. Uh, but I, I don't think that's going to happen because WWE doesn't want to look back and go, but it's Ronda. How can you not have Ronda and uh, and Charlotte one-on-one at WrestleMania? You know, like Naomi, they feel would muddy the waters, which I would have argued Charlotte did between Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania 35. But that's neither here nor there. So I don't think it's going to happen. It would take a monumentous effort on the on the fans' behalf to to force WWE to put her in that match. I'm not saying it's impossible. Look what they did with Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's obviously the best example in the last 10 years. So it's possible, but it's going to take an incredible amount of consistent effort of social media and the fans. So that said, with all of that effort that's required to have them change the main event and somehow force Naomi in this, I don't think it's going to happen. If this was any other uh, pay-per-view, I think this would be almost a slam dunk because I think it would almost require minimal effort. And WWE also looking at this match saying, wow, um, damn, Naomi, where the F is this been, right? And you can even see at the end of that match, Charlotte said something to Naomi as she was laying on the mat. I would have loved to have known what she said. Probably something, and this is my guess, um, probably something along the lines of, you know, I love you or we effing killed it or something along those lines. Charlotte's seasoned enough to know, and Naomi for that matter, to know when you've killed it. And they killed it. That may have been Charlotte's best match since she returned. So this was great. I mean, I, I for all the negative stuff that I talk about and rant about and all the, all the nonsense and incoherence and story hole plots and logic plots, this to me was great. I, I really loved it. And it makes you remember why you love wrestling. That That's what this was. Now, is this a legendary match? No, this is not a legendary match that would put up or, up there with, I don't know, uh, Hogan Warrior or things, you know, Hogan and... Uh, and uh, Andre the Giant. Okay, I, mean, I don't know why I'm thinking of Hogan right now, but I'm thinking of the top of the top of the top. Okay, so I'm, I don't want to oversell it and say that it's going to be remembered for you know decades to come, and that you're going to tell your grandchildren about it. But I also don't want to under underplay it and say this was just a kind of a one off. This is something that you know uh, just was bound to happen. It's kind of an anomaly for for her. I hope they build on this. Is all I have to say. And, uh, you know, props to both women, props to Charlotte, props to Naomi, anyone that was involved in the psychology of this match, the build of this match, WWE themselves for giving them enough time to, to tell a story, to be able to get in there and kick ass. And they did. And, and, you know, more power to them. And it was great. Now, as far as the post-match antics go, Charlotte ends up, um, obviously after she wins the match, she it was natural selection. Um, she has Sonya Deville, or Sonya Deville comes in the ring and starts berating Naomi. Naomi finally snaps on her. Oh my god, this is about five months late, but it happened. That this this should have happened in late week like three with Naomi and and uh and and Sonya. It took five six months. <laughs> we finally got to what should have happened a year, half a year ago, but it happened. So fine. Now we have Naomi snapping. On uh, on on Naomi um, on Sonya, great, and then we get Charlotte attacking Naomi from behind, and that puts more heat back on Charlotte, and out comes Ronda to a pretty big pop to make the save, and get a few shots in on Sonya, a few shots in on Charlotte, but not enough to leave you satisfied, just to wet your appetite, and she was about to go f- uh, and snap. I don't know if she broke her one arm, but at least injure the other arm of Sonya, and Charlotte saved Sonya. So that left us wanting more, and we had uh, mean face, angry face, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. We didn't get you know happy baby face. Uh, I mean, they're, they're literally the only two emotions that Ronda Rousey has are those two. She has no middle ground. She has she has no middle ground. She's either angry at the world or you know she, it's it's like she's living heaven on earth. There's nothing in between. <laughs> she has no range of emotion. That said, she was angry at the world this time and had her mean face on, and she laid the smack down, so to speak, and pun intended, I guess, 
on Naomi, or rather Sonya and Charlotte. It to me was a just a a nice segment. And yes, I'm not a big Ronda Rousey fan on a personal level, but this worked. This worked well, and it it didn't um, I think hurt Ronda. I think it helped Ronda in terms of getting that babyface reaction. Um, and this was a, a really good segment. Now, again, great ending to the show. Left me feeling really, really uh, on a high note with WWE and for SmackDown and heading into uh, heading into the Elimination Chamber premium live event. Now, we still have, of course, the final show that's going to be taking place on uh, Friday, next Friday, the 18th of February. So we do still have one more to go, but boy, I wish this was the go home show because it just made me feel really, really good. So, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, I want to break down just how this match got set up with uh, Vince McMahon suddenly getting involved from a text or an email perspective. And Adam Pierce apparently has, uh, you know, 2010 vision. And I'll, I'll get into that. In, in just a minute. And then, of course, we've got a lot more to break down on SmackDown. I'm not just going to make this the Naomi and Charlotte show, but uh, I wanted to definitely give it ample time. And there was time it, it deserves. So, all right, we're going to give a little love to the sponsor of the show, and then we'll be right back. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects, Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, It's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients, and it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases, so you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boosts health guide at vitalyboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. And right there, you'll find information p- from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitalyboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitalyboost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Uh, let's get into how this match happened. And it's really, really simple, actually. We had Sonya Deville come out, and beginning of the show, she's in a sling, nonetheless. I, mean, I actually like how she started the show in a sling. That was, you know, actually sold something. Anytime anything's actually sold, I think it's a good thing. I think there's a general lack of selling in WWE, but... So we had Sonya Deville come out, and she's nursing this injury. She announced that she's gonna. She petitioned upper management to have Rousey fined and indefinitely suspended for what she did last week. Adam Pierce came out, and he said that there's an email he got from Vince, and 
he said that he barred DeVille from further abusing her power and getting involved in Naomi's match against Charlotte. If she persisted, her job would be in, quote, serious jeopardy. Naomi came out and then said that the, the email didn't say anything about her not touching the WWE official, and Naomi slapped DeVille to close the segment. So, okay, first of all, it's nice to see Sonya DeVille actually get a little bit of what she's got coming, and that's only a little bit. I think if this was the Attitude Era, she would deserve a chair over the skull and actually bleeding. Of course, that's my cynical self wanting to see violence of yesteryear. Um, and by the way, I, I meant to mention, those that do want to debate me about things, <laughs> email. If you don't have my email, it's realwpodcast at gmail.com, or you can um, email me at my professional email, mailbag at wwepodcast.com, and just put in the description. I want to debate you, something along those lines, um, because people think that I'm, you know, oh, I want I want the wrestling of, like, yeah, you know, yesteryear. I want the Attitude Era. No, that's not what I want, but we'll get there if somebody actually wants to, to come on and have a little fun. Okay, but this matchup was brought about by, um, or th- this segment was brought about by Vince who Vince apparently is now into email. I, I I can't believe Vince emailed all this, by the way. And it was a really long way of saying, uh, Naomi, stop abusing your power. If you don't, your, your job may be in jeopardy. First of all, why has it taken this long for upper management to notice the abuse of power by Sonya Deville? On their major show on Fox with your billion-dollar deal, you're not paying attention to management? To middle management of Sonya Deville and Pierce, you, you're just you're just oblivious. I mean, it just I can't believe it took this long. I'm glad they finally brought in upper management. That's been something I've been advocating for for a, a few weeks now, maybe a couple months. Of where the hell is upper management? Why isn't Sonya reaching out to them and trying to say, "Hey, uh, you have a boss. Why don't we? I'm going to go to my boss's boss. If I have a problem with my boss, I'm going above them." And it's made Naomi look like a fool. But we finally get that. I don't know what prompted it or who contacted him. Maybe Vince thought about something other than uh, Austin Theory and his golden egg for 10 minutes and decided to, to, to kind of peek over on SmackDown and see what's going on. And it's just it's really amazing from a, from a legislative standpoint. Like, OK, so that now they're just noticing everything else Sonya Deville has done over the last year is, you know, swept under the rug. No problem. All the time that she abused her power and it really uh, actually attacked uh, employees. No problem. But, you know, this this is what did it. I don't know. It's a little weird. But Naomi does what she should have done and slapped uh, Sonya. I would have loved to have seen a little more. But we got that fire in her later in the match. So that's how the match was set up. Okay, I think I'm moving on from Sonya and Charlotte. I think I've spent way more time than I thought I was going to. Okay, moving on, though. Um, Okay, Kofi Kingston and Big E versus Los Lotharios. Okay, mixed feelings on this match. Now, apparently, it's been revealed to me, unbeknownst to me, that Big E was officially announced as a trade to SmackDown, and it happened last week, and maybe I was asleep during it. Fine. I'll accept that. I'll take that at face value that it's been announced that Big E has been uh, moved to SmackDown officially. Fine. But what about the trade? If it, if it was a trade, well, then where's Raw's acquisition? Did did Raw get a get a superstar of Big E's caliber? Where's the, a trade means I give and I get a trade doesn't mean I give you a star and then I just sit there on my heels. It, that, that's not what a trade is. So I'd love to know if it was actually phrased as a trade or that SmackDown acquired Big E. Depend. I'm really interested in the language on that. But anyway, uh, we get Los Lotharios coming out and uh, kissing a plant in the audience. Uh, uh, this young lady came out and was on the kiss cam. And we had both Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza kiss this young lady. Uh, uh, it looked like of, of Latino descent, uh, I, I think. Uh, because that matched both of their uh, backgrounds as well. I, clearly a plant because this lady was not in the crowd before or after. I, I was looking for her very clearly somebody that was just there for the setup for this kiss cam. Um, and uh, they're going to do this every week. They're just going to have uh, one of the extras come out and say, hey, we'll pay you extra 20 bucks if you just let these two stars kiss you on the kiss cam. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't hate it. It's just, it's whatever. Uh, so that's their gimmick. They're just both very sexy Latino men. Uh, and fine. They're both extremely good in the ring. So I have no problem with it. I don't. I don't. And the kiss cam, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. Okay. So the other part of this is Biggie and Kofi. 
Now, Xavier Woods is out on injury, so you got to have somebody apparently with Kofi because you can't leave Kofi floundering for some reason. They felt it necessary to halt Big Ears E singles career to, you know, go back to what he left and made all the progress that he had up until that point go away for what? Just so Kofi doesn't sit there and and uh, sulk that he doesn't have a tag team partner? I mean... I don't know. It's it's very bizarre that they decided to retract on Big E's singles career to do the very thing that people wanted him to get away from and be in a tag team and be doing his stupid hip swivels and all that. It's absolutely... Now, I'm not a Big E fan as a character, so this doesn't make me angry. It only makes me angry because I understand the frustration around it. I understand, the, I understand that Big E was on a roll and for you Big E fans out there, this has got to be extremely frustrating because they did. They brought him right back to square one. <laughs> Hip swiveling, not getting any time on the mic, doing his typical spots in the ring. It's like time has stood still for Big E. It's amazing. But this match was really good, as you'd expect. All four very good. And here's what uh, Bleacher Report says to change it up from CBS Sports. Uh, Big E and Kingston dominated early. And during the timeout, which was the commercial break, Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza seats control, laying out Big E and cutting him off from his tag team partner. And here's one thing, too, <laughs> before I get to the uh, the finish of this match. If you notice, we all have if we've you've been watching wrestling even for six to 12 months, you know, when a commercial break's coming, right? I've, I've explained this before. We know that it's coming when someone gets knocked to the outside of the ring and then just goes and poses for the crowd or whatever. And then the, the camera zooms in on whoever's on the ground or uh, and says, can they, they get back in this? Right. So we know that it's always the case. I don't know what they do for commercial breaks. If no one got knocked to the outside of the ring, they'd have to come up with something else. But when you notice you come back from a commercial break, the other person is now in control. And usually they're in like a rear chin lock in the middle of the ring. Take note of that next time. I know I'm not trying to ruin things for you, but it's extremely formulaic. <laughs> can, can they have something else happen? Can, can't they be in the middle of a brawl doing actual maneuvers instead of doing a rear naked choke, do, doing that rear chin lock, the, the Randy Orton mid-match move? Just take take note of this. I'm not, I'm not kidding. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully I didn't ruin it for you. Okay. A hot tag then was made to Kingston and Biggie hoisted Umberto up for a power bomb. Kingston came off the top rope with a double stomp. Angel broke up the two count. And then the perfect timing by um, the, Latin, the Latin Lothario, trying to read this correctly, allowed his team to stay alive. And then his roll up on King, uh, Kingston earned the victory. So a roll up decided this matchup from a, not a great roll up. It wasn't, I've seen tighter roll ups before more believable roll-ups is kind of a crazy. It wasn't a great, it was a little bit sloppy of a roll-up, but um, they're still, I think, get, gaining a lot of momentum here. Los Lotharios, that is. I think they have cemented themselves as a legitimate tag team in the SmackDown team di uh, division, a tag team division that desperately needs legitimate tag teams. And I'm not talking about the Viking Raiders that uh, also got their asses kicked <laughs> backstage. They're not even allowed to say more than two words. I mean, I don't mean to pivot so sharply here, but the Viking Raiders, just as we had Eric, I think, who was going to speak, we had, I, I think B Eric said something about at Elimination Chamber, and, and so he got three words out, so I'm mistaken. We had Usos super kick both of them and then beat them down and take their crowns or whatever the... I don't know, whatever those silly outfits that they wear are. Uh, anyway, that's all they got. And so my point is, they don't allow us to learn anything about the Viking Raiders. We don't get to hear from them ever. The most we ever get to hear from them are in those entrance match scripted, terrible promos that don't do anything ever. No one has ever cut a good promo when they're walking to the ring. It, I... If you know what I mean, right? Like, so say that uh, Eric and Ivar are coming to the ring, the, the Viking Raiders are coming to the ring, and they cut a pre-taped promo, and they're playing that during their entrance. No one has ever, ever cut a good one of those because they are the definition of scripted promos. They're terrible. So that's the most that we get to hear from them. So I was like, okay, cool. We're finally going to get to hear at least something from Eric and Ivar. And nope, he got three words out, and it really was of nothing, no substance, and uh, they got super kicked. 
So, all right, as I punch my mouse across my desk here. Uh, so Los Lotharios beat Kofi Kingston and Big E in a shocking upset, I guess. So, all right, let's move on. The backstage interview with the sit-down interview with Michael Cole and Roman Reigns. So here's what was said. Uh, Roman Reigns, Michael Cole interviewed Reigns about the Tribal Chiefs Universal Championship defense against Goldberg at Elimination Chamber. Unfazed by the Hall of Famer's accomplishments, he claimed, if I was in WCW, everyone would be winning because they'd still be in business. That was a good line. When the topic of Brock Lesnar came up, Reigns laughed it off and asked why they're still talking about him. The head of the table ended the segment by promising to Goldberg Goldberg at Elimination Chamber. It's a nice phrase. Using the word Goldberg as a verb, essentially what, what he means is, I'm going to do what Goldberg does to his opponents and end the match quick with a bunch of spears. That's essentially what he was saying there. And here's the analysis from Bleacher Report. Let's see if I agree. Short, sweet, to the point. Reigns looking past Goldberg will likely backfire on him, but it's fun to see him vow to squash the legendary figure just as he squashed so many of the course of his career. The bigger takeaway was in Reigns' response to the mention of Lesnar. He scoffed, appearing amused by the idea Lesnar still being discussed in the same breath as him. Might his uh, this might come back to cost him at WrestleMania and they clash one last time for the top prize in pro wrestling, right? So, okay, so they gave this grade an A. I wouldn't give it an A, I, I mean, I'd say B, it was, it was good. A would mean that it blew my socks off and it didn't, it did what it needed to do. I think it was good. And Paul Heyman back with Reigns, uh, I think is a it's a welcome sight. Not that Reigns needs a talking mouth, a, 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 a piece to talk for him, right. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. That's the verb word I was looking for. He does not need that. But the presence of Paul Heyman does something with Reigns. They have a nice chemistry together. And Reigns with the sniveling Paul Heyman is fun to watch. So I, I'm scared about Goldberg winning here, though. I'm a little nervous. All right. Aaliyah versus Natalia was also on the uh, docket here. This was originally slated to be a dungeon-style match. And they didn't really play on that too much they just said it was pinfall or submission only no count outs um, no bro- no no um, rope breaks or anything like that so here's what the description said and bleacher report an intense natty attacked early but Aaliyah absorbed it and fought back a late surge came to a sudden and abrupt end when the queen of hearts trapped her in the famed submission of the sharpshooter and it forced Aaliyah to tap out okay so Aaliyah loses here I'm actually surprised because I would have kept the momentum going. I mean, no one cares if Natalia wins a match anymore. Like, actually, no one. Not that no one cares about Natalia. I think she does have her supporters, and she's respected, no doubt. And she obviously her lineage, all that. But at this point in her career, nobody cares if she wins or loses. Literally no one. She is there to help grow the next generation of talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we know what Natalia is and isn't. She's a veteran in the ring. She's respected, obviously not only in her own right, but her family and their legend uh, or their uh, legacy of wrestling and what they've brought to the business over the last, how many decades, but she's there to help grow the next generation of talent. And I think she does generally a good job about it. She is respectful. She's never put the company into bad position. She seems reliable. All of that. She's, she seems like a genuinely nice person. But my point is like no one cares about the character Natalia winning or losing a match at all. I, if there is an Natalia fan out there, I'd love to hear from them. I'm turn, I'm talking about professional. You want to see her run the division as a, as a champion. <laughs> There's just nobody. And that's okay because you need veterans like this to help get younger talent over. And I think Aaliyah, as awkward as she is on the mic, is, is serviceable in the ring. She's solid in the ring fundamentally. Is she, you know, Sasha Banks in the ring? Hell no, not at this stage, but she's young. And she had something to build off with the Aaliyah 317, beating Natalia in that record time. And she kept finding ways to beat Natalia week after week. And it was fun to watch. You know, how can she squeeze out another victory from Natalia this week and continue to anger her? And I thought this was going to keep going. And and it didn't. And, and it's not the end of the world, but I was having some fun with it. And this time uh, we got some just straight out revenge from Natalia. So... However, after the match, Natalia wanted, wanted to uh, inflict a further punishment on Aaliyah, but we had <laughs> good old uh, protector of the human earth realm, Zia Lee, who made the save, 
fending off the heel and standing tall. <laughs> I mean, like, what? Like, what exactly? Is, now, again, Mortal Kombat jokes aside, I played that the last time. All of that aside, which it is ridiculous. And I'm glad we haven't seen an actual entrance from Xylee lately because it's it's uh, cartoonish. Now, I, I'd love to know what she's the protector of. We've yet to hear, hear that. We, we have yet to be told what she's supposed to be protecting. She's just the protector of what? Of, of, of good and evil? Like, is she supposed to be the protector of the innocent ones on SmackDown? I would assume that she's the protector of what? Of evildoers? I mean, I guess that's the implication. I, mean, I guess when she's not fighting off Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Johnny Cage, she takes the you know, every Friday night off from that, and she's able to fly to SmackDown and then go back to the nether realm and make sure that uh, you know we're all safe. So I guess I guess that's, that's what it is. All right, I promise I'll stop with the Mortal Kombat jokes at some point. Not, not today. All right, um, so let's see here. Ah, the insane segment with Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. I got to say, Rick Boogs is slowly growing on me. It has taken a long time. It, to me, it has taken longer than most. I know a lot of you out there have seen potential in Rick Boogs way before I did. I'm not, I don't dislike Rick Boogs. It has just taken me a while to warm up to his act and to get on the bandwagon of his entrance at the beginning with the guitar and the way he's, you know, Rick Boogs and introducing Shinsuke and everything else. It has taken me a while to warm up to that. Again, not that I hated it. It just was, to me, just, eh, okay, it's an act. Now he's starting to catch on, and I like his haircut. He's got the the cool Rick Rude mustache going on. He's good in the ring. Obviously, he's very muscular, extremely strong. He, he's a young guy. He's, he's got the world in the palm of his hand right now, so he's got a lot of momentum, the good old momentum, right? So let's talk about the insane segment here. Sami Zayn introduced the latest edition of his Insane Live podcast. He threw it to a video of Johnny Knoxville visiting a WWE pop-up shop in LA and defaming Zayn merchandise. From there, Rick Boogs and IC champion Shinsuke made their way to the ring just seven days before he defends against Sami Zayn. Okay, before we get to what actually happened in the ring, let's talk about what happened in the video package of where he saw Sami Zayn saw um, Johnny Knoxville defaming the... Um, the merchandise of Sami Zayn. So I was really hoping that this would go away, but apparently Johnny Knoxville is this year's bad bunny. There always has to be some celebrity that goes from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. I don't know why. Unless there's a really good fit, it often nine times out of 10 doesn't work. It just doesn't. I don't care about Johnny Knoxville just as I didn't care about bad bunny. To me, there's no crossover audience that you're getting from this. None. Okay, Um, but WWE, for whatever reason, is just checking their box of bringing in a celebrity every year from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania that can work with a work with somebody. And um, this year, Sami Zayn's the lucky candidate to work with, uh, you know, 85 year old Johnny Knoxville. So and furthermore, now we get this segment here with Johnny Knoxville going into a store, really actually committing vandalism and taking a shirt of Sami Zayn's and throwing it into a conveniently placed wood chipper that's in the middle of a city. How many wood chippers do you know that's in the middle of a city? And one that's running. And how did Sami Zayn or how did uh, Johnny Knoxville know that there'd there'd be merchandise for him to walk in and be able to do that, that he wanted to do that? You know, there's so many just questions and you guys are, you're looking to it. No, I'm not looking too much into this. This is just, you're watching national television you're having WWE cameras catch johnny knoxville committing vandalism using a wood chipper that has no business being there he jammed the wood chipper which was by accident the wood chipper barely shredded the shirt which was kind of funny uh and yes he's it's just it's it's embarrassing um so okay uh verbal exchange gave way to inner uh that that allowed actually not not allowed this was weird Boogs got electrocuted through a microphone. Yeah, um, I guess from his electric guitar, uh, which, what? Okay, 
there's no electricity on the strings or on the outside of the guitar, even if it's an electric guitar. I don't own a guitar and I know this. You know how I know it? Because people play electric guitars all the time and don't get electrocuted. Is it possible? Sure. But this made no sense. And Boogs tried to sell it as best he could without laughing. It was laughable. And you heard the electric shock sound, right? They tried to make it as realistic as possible. It was it was embarrassing. And then Zane, uh, well, Nakamura checked on Boogs, who was electrocuted and still holding his hand in a way that was like uh, uh, Marv from Home Alone when he got electrocuted trying to turn on the water. Remember that? Home Alone 2 when he's in New York and he's trying to turn on the water and Kevin puts, I guess, like a car battery or something and he hooks up the car battery to it and turns up the voltage. He looked a lot like that. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. And Nakamura was checking on him, and Zane then hit him with a hell of a kick, and then they left him laying. So let, let me see what the Bleacher Bleacher Report better not have given this a good grade. They gave it a C. That's actually a little generous. So they said this. Zane single-handedly elevated this one to a C level because the content was not good at all. At all. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Let, let's see. Let's see what else I said. There's nothing about this feud that feels like a program for one of the most important titles in the company. Instead, it feels like the backdrop for Knoxville to reappear and set up a WrestleMania program with Zayn. Well, that may be good for Zayn's exposure to a new large audience. It doesn't do anything for the legitimacy of the IC title. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And here's the thing. Zayn's going to win the championship next week. There's almost no chance he doesn't. And what's going to be really bad about this is if it's Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. That can't happen. It can't happen. So um, before I rant about something that doesn't exist yet, I just wanted to put that out there. So. Cesaro versus Happy Corbin. So with Mad Cat Moss sidelined with a black eye, which was actually a convincingly done black eye, really well done makeup-wise, unless it's legit, I don't think so, but uh, Corbin went it alone Friday, battling Cesaro in singles competition. A back-and-forth match ensued in which neither man enjoyed a sustainable advantage. Cesaro tried for the neutralizer at one point, but Corbin back body-dropped him out of it. Moments later, the unbeaten and obnoxious heel flattened the Swiss sideboard with end of days for the victory. Backstage, okay, so... One thing's interesting here. I think I might have noted this last week. Somebody pointed out that End of Days has never been kicked out of. It's one of the only finishes in WWE that actually has never been kicked out of. I can't validate that, but name another time that the End of Days was kicked out of. I can't. So that's cool. I'm praising that. So, But having Cesaro, boy, again, <laughs> Cesaro, what a fall from grace. Losing clean to Corbin in moments, right? Not, not even a really competitive match. Wow. Uh, Backstage, Drew McIntyre interrupted Moss's eye exam and revealed that their match at Elimination Chamber will be a false count anywhere match. Uh, But yeah, again, Corbin defeated Cesaro. So again, I have no problem with Drew McIntyre taking a back seat during this time, um, even though it's WrestleMania season, because there's still time for him to poke himself in the main event. There is. I doubt it, but there is. Uh, But boy, this program with Corbin and Madcap Moss it better be over an elimination chamber. This feels a little bit long in the tooth, so to speak. It's ready to, it, we're all ready to move on from this. Like we all know this is a complete mismatch of talent in terms of, you know, who we, you think could win the matchup. <clears throat> who's the heavy favorite. I mean, McIntyre's essentially beaten them both multiple times. It feels like, and threw them both out of the rumble. How much more do we need to see of this? All right. Well, again, another week and this should be completely over. It's got to be. So, um, all right. Uh, then, okay, yeah, we, we got to the main event. And here's what Nail, um, Bleacher Report said about the main event. I already went over it, obviously, in, in uh, deep, deep uh, detail. Here's what Bleacher Report said. This was a damn good legitimate match of the year candidate. Aha. See, that's kind of where I stole the title that's, uh, this, um, <laughs> of this uh, episode, No, to be totally honest. Flair and Naomi tore the house down with a wild, wildly dramatic match that had the fans believing a title change was imminent. This is a testament to the performers themselves, but proof positive that the months of positioning Naomi as a sympathetic babyface forced to overcome the unfair treatment at the hands of WWE official DeVille has worked. 
The loss did not hurt Naomi by any means. She hung with the best women's wrestler in the world, coming within seconds, I would agree, a second, not seconds, but sure, of winning. If anything, the emotions she showed throughout the match will only further endear her to fans who appreciate how much she loves wrestling. The post-match points to a tag team match pitting Naomi and Rousey against Flair and DeVille. If so, that is a blockbuster encounter that, stateside, would be hot enough to headline a premium live event. I'm still not going to get used to that. Pay-per-view just... Pay-per-view. PPV. Premium live event. We'll get used to it after many years. I mean, I've been watching wrestling for, I don't know, 30 years and I'm still not used to it. But it's going to take a while. So, that is the SmackDown side of things and... You know, of course, we do cover Raw a little bit on this show. We we do uh, we do want to give Raw a bit of a fair shake, but as always, I always say, given that Raw has its own review show that um, that I do, I don't cover it in too much detail. You guys, by the way, can check out our full SmackDown review with uh, with uh, John Carrasco and Michael Ritter, who do excellent jobs at uh, at their uh, SmackDown review every single Friday. So. We did get a big main event set for the women's division and Becky Lynch versus Alita. Of course, that got set up last week. Um, but this past week, Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory was on the show. And Austin Theory ends up losing to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was trying to get himself into the chamber. He was trying to use the good old... Um, Good old uh, Seth Rollins pull that he apparently has with Adam Pierce that didn't work. So uh, Kevin Owens is still desperately trying to get into the chamber. We also had on uh, WWE Digital the reunion of Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. So that was cool. That was cool. I, I've been watching this for the first time. Uh, obviously, they were in the Riot Squad before she went off, and I think she had a. I think Sarah Logan had a baby. I'm fairly sure on that, but boy, Sarah Logan looks really different, and I'm really shocked they brought her back, honestly. I mean, you talk about somebody they didn't do anything with at all. I don't even know if she got a victory ever. They must have saw something. I don't know, or just they need depth in the women's division. I don't know, Uh, but let's see here. We got Dewdrop, who beat Liv Morgan, because Morgan, again, is having a really rough time right now. In terms of getting victories, I think I went over her win loss record on the Monday Night Raw review, but Dewdrop ends up beating Liv Morgan to further kind of cement her down a little bit. And then uh, we got Riddle versus Seth that turned into a tag team match of um, RK Bro versus Rollins and KO, and that, which was fine. But I think Riddle and, and Rollins could have easily put on a clinic of a matchup, much like Naomi and Charlotte did. That's a main event anywhere. I mean, that, that, that would have been awesome, but they decided to schmoz it and make a tag team match out of it. But this is fine. You know, I feel like right now, I don't know where they're going with Riddle and Orton. Do they have the team split? Do they challenge for the tag team championships at WrestleMania? Does Riddle be the one to turn heel? Does Orton traditionally just pull the trigger and RKO him? So many things, so many things could happen. You know, Riddle is somebody that um, I think the fans have really clung and, and um, gotten gotten a little bit endeared to. Riddle has done a nice job to to uh, endear himself to the fans. AJ Styles ends up getting a victory over Damian Priest. The Street Profits. Let's see here. Uh, the Street Profits end up facing Alpha Academy. But the finish of this was that Gable was distracted by Ford taking out Otis with a dive. He was able to counter Dawkins' finisher. He applied the ankle lock but had to settle for a deep or a seated pinning combination for the win. So, boy, that's right. I did mention the Street Profits are on a bit of a a cold spell in the tag team division. The Quiz Bowl, mercifully, that's over. We had Riddle and Orton RK-Bro win that. So we do not need to see anything else from them. I'm glad that's over forever, hopefully. So uh, I think that pretty much covers it, guys. I'm fairly sure. Before we go, I want to make sure I do some due diligence here because I feel like there's always a news story that pops up before I even uh, close out and I forget to mention. Let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at all the all of my credible news websites here. 
I don't see anything crazy. Gable Steveson teasing doing something at WrestleMania 38. Who cares? Nobody is the answer, the correct answer, the only answer. Uh, let's see here. I don't think there's much else going on, at least crazy-wise, other than Vince McMahon apparently being able to email something that long and having someone speak for him, by the way. Vince is not a guy that has someone speak for him. That said, I don't need to see Vince on my screen mumbling, so perhaps him writing in something that is legible instead of trying to speak it is best because, as you all, we all know, Vince on the mic is not good right now, and it's just age. That's all. Vince McMahon is, believe it or not, also susceptible to time and age. Nobody escapes ever. So, <laughs> all right, that is it for my weekend review. If you guys want all the ads removed and you're just like, oh my god, you're just skipping through the ads, go to our uh, Patreon page. We have a dollar. A dollar gets you in with everything ad free. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes ad free as well as a shout out on the show, as you heard at the top of the show. And you also get a discord server that you can go in and chat with everybody anytime. I mean, it's constantly going off. I don't participate a whole lot, uh, but I do watch some of the conversations and some of them are really, really well done and hilarious. Um, you guys are great in there. And also on Apple podcasts, if you just want to use the native app of Apple podcasts, go ad free there. There's an ad free button right on our page. And coming soon, our website, which if you go to the website right now, it's just like this blank template. So if you go to WWPodcast.com, it's just like this blank template. You're going to be like, what the hell is this? It's because we're working on something. Uh, we have, oh, I have a web developer that I've hired and uh, it, not cheap. I should, I should probably do a GoFundMe for the web developer. <laughs> it's not cheap. Uh, but that said, we are designing a brand new site. It's going to kick ass. It's going to be simple. It's going to be easy to follow. And it's also going to have a VIP lounge, a little VIP area. That is going to be exclusive content for videos and ad-free stuff. Maybe other things, but right now, that's the that's the idea. It's simple. Latest post, here's a podcast, and uh, video content for VIP lounge members. So that's what's coming down the line. And more about that and when it's going to be released in, uh, in the coming weeks. So everybody, thanks so much. Consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. And I'm telling you, anybody that disagrees... Don't hide behind your keyboard. If you want to come on and you want to debate me and think I'm just sitting here unopposed and I'm just spewing crap out, then you are more than welcome. You go to the front of the line to, to email me at realwwepodcast at gmail.com or at mailbag at wwpodcast.com. And I'd love to be able to have you on the show because it would be a lot of fun, I think. So anyway, that said, thank you everybody for listening. As always, take care and I'll talk to you next time. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A, 
L-I-Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boosts health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitalyBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.